Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 82 with... Joseph Makos and... Joseph Bievenu. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? Some ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safer for poetry. Alright, back for another episode, and this week we have a special guest, my beautiful wife, Raina. Hi. How are you doing tonight? I'm wonderful, thank you. But before we start our actual topic for tonight, we kind of have an ulterior motive in Raina being a guest tonight, because we have a special event coming up Monday, which will be... Probably two days from when you're listening to this episode, if you listen to it when it came out. Yeah, on November 5th, on Monday, from 6.30 to 8, we are going to have our first Lucky Bean Poetry Reading at NOCA in the Marcellus Jazz Studio, um, right on Charter Street, and... The point of this reading was to have a space where students and caregivers who can't leave their children and people who don't want to hang out in bars for whatever reason can also come and share their poetry. So our first guest is Carolyn Hembry, uh, a local poet and a pretty well-known one at that who's got some great stuff out. And so she'll be doing a 20-ish minute reading, and then we'll have a 60-minute open mic. Yeah. So come out. Come check that out. Uh, I don't know. What, are we going to have signs or something? How are people going to know where to go when they come into the main entrance there? Um, likely, if you just go to Noka's main campus on the Charter Street entrance, there will be somebody there directing you into the Marcellus Studio, which is right the opening. Yeah, it's not hard to find, but yeah, just go to the main entrance, figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, come on, I think it's going to be a good reading, and it, it should be a different kind of crowd, I think, than you get at your average poetry reading, but I hope it's like a little bit of everything. If you go to the regular readings, that's fine, come to this too. And if you want to bring your kids, I'm definitely going to make a space for some drawing and reading and quiet activities that might keep them occupied for at least a third of the times.
search engines, right? Like Google's a list automatically. Mm-hmm. Like the the results you get to things. Uh, but there's something kind of satisfying about I think just having a thing where you just have a repeated list of things rather than it necessarily trying to build meaning in some other sort of way. Well, I think when you brought this up, it was interesting because I was teaching Gilgamesh at the time. And so you're teaching one of the, or the oldest written down text, and it's coming from an oral tradition. And so you see consistently repeat things over and over again. And, and we're teaching poetic devices at the same time. And so anaphora comes up and in your packet here of list poems, the first thing you say is what an anaphora is. The repeating sequence of words of the beginnings of clauses. And, um, so I guess that also makes me think about litanies and what's the difference between a litany, a list poem, using anaphora as a poetic device and, and, and are those things just all overlapping parts of each other or can they be separate things as well? Well, yeah. What do you think? (laughs) <laughs> you posed the question. What is your... <laughs> well, so I think that a list poem can not be part of an aphora, and I think a list poem cannot be litany. I think that a litany is going to absolutely include an aphora, but I don't know that a list poem has to. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you can have lists that are not necessarily anaphoric is that a word yeah um I think it would be anaphoric maybe if you're going to say that but but yeah I think you could have lists that don't necessarily repeat well so your John Ashbery poem in here into the dust charged air is not anaphoric does not have an aphora. Well, I mean, I think it has less an aphora than a lot of the, the poems that are lists, but I think that there are probably still elements of it that do would be examples of an aphora. Right? Maybe not as much as, as most of these. You don't think there's any parts in this where you get... Even, because even like, well, I don't know. I mean, we could read part of, part of Into the Dust Charger. It's a good poem anyway, um, to kind of get some idea. Do you want to read like a little bit of it? Yeah, I'll read the first page here. Into the Dust Charged Air. Except, how do I say Rappahannock? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Okay. <laughs> Far from the Rappahannock, the silent Danube moves along toward the sea. The brown and green Nile rose slowly like the Niagara's welling descent. Tractors stood on the green banks of the Loire near where it joined the Cher. The St. Lawrence prods among black stones and mud, but the Arno is all stones. Wind ruffles the Hudson's surface. The Irrawaddy is overflowing, but the yellowish-gray Tiber is contained within steep banks. 
The Iser flows too fast to swim in. The Jordan's water courses over the flat land. The Algony and its boats were dark blue. The Muscawa is gray boats. The Amstel flows slowly. Leaves fall into the Connecticut as it passes underneath. The Lithia is full of sewage, like the sign, but unlike the brownish-yellow Dordogne. Mountains hem in the Colorado, and the odor is very deep, almost as deep as the Congo is wide. The plain banks of the Neva are gray. The dark zone flows silently, and the Volga is long and wide as it flows across the brownish land. The Ebro is blue and slow. The Shannon flows swiftly between its banks. The Mississippi is one of the world's longest rivers, like the Amazon. And forgive all of my mispronunciations, but there is no anaphora there. Well, I mean, I guess there's not technically any anaphora, but, (laughs) well, I mean, part of it does maybe depend on how you're defining anaphora, I think. But there's, like, structural parallelism going on quite a bit still, right? Because you're getting often the river name verbs... The river name verbs, the river name verbs, over and over again, right? Sure, but Um, your definition of anaphora here is a rhetorical device that consists of repeating a sequence of words at the beginnings of neighboring clauses. Yeah, and I think there's some, like, uh, I think generally you're correct. Like, I think, like, most of the time, the way that you would define it, it would be actually the repetition of the same words. But I do think, even when you're talking about sort of classical literature that this is talking about that you can you can have you can have syntactical anaphora but is not necessarily actual words right not not actually the repeated words well i mean i think that's what would make it a list poem <laughs> as opposed to well, yeah, well, I mean, I think that's why, where maybe all of these things are list poems, regardless of what you're doing, right? Because you're... Right, and I think the anaphora is what lends itself to a litany, and that's how you might distinguish if you really wanted to between a litany and a list poem. Or you could say, this is a list poem that is also a litany, whereas a list poem can also exist without being a litany. Well, I think if you were really going to try to distinguish between those, you would... It would be impossible. Because <laughs> I think you would find so many things that are sitting in both and so many things that are, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think almost anything that's a list, you could also argue for it to be a litany. There, you know, some might be further to one extreme than another. It's almost like a continuum, but they're, they're all kind of doing both at the same time, you know? Maybe I'll grant you that. I will say this, though. If I'm trying to teach my kids about the difference between a list poem, anaphora, and a litany, I would use this as an example of a list poem. Well, I think, I mean, I think all of those are list, I mean, but a litany is not a list poem? What makes it a... I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying this is also (laughs) not a litany. Many list poems are also. I litany. would say that this is a litany, though, because okay. because you're getting the repetition. You might not have the repeated words, but you know that those are all river names and they're repeated. And then you also have some syn- syntactical repetition. None of those river names are repeated. No, I only said once. 
Yeah, the, the not the same river names repeated, but but by getting a list of river names, I mean actually the classical form of a litany, you would have nothing repeated. Like if you think about in the Catholic Church, a litany, a there's true litanies that all it is is a list of saints. You don't ever repeat anything other than saint, I suppose, but saying Saint Peter, Saint John, Saint. That's not. There's nothing repeated, right? That anaphora is. And some of them don't have saint in front of their name because then you would have Mary, Mother of God, in the middle of that, which is not rep- repeated, right? Like I don't think, but but you know that there's repetition there because they're all equal things, right? Like, I mean, the same thing, like, if you were, like, if you were chanting a grocery list, that would still be repeat repetition, but right? But it would be anaphora. Well, it might not be, I mean, it sort of depends on how you define anaphora, I suppose, but... <laughs> <laughs> how you define I mean, it anaphora be, is... Though, well, I know, but, but I mean, it's like anything. Like, it wouldn't necessarily be the classical definition of an aphora, but, I mean, I think someone could argue that that is... A repeated idea. Yeah, because you're still reading that as the same. That's different than if you have... Oh, that's also another kind of list. You could have a list of things that you don't immediately see as being a list. Sure. I understand that on a theoretical level, on a practical level for teaching people that seems very far no i think that's actually probably very good on a practical level te- for teaching people because we just have to gonna... get to like, <laughs> like, show, like so today their quiz was um so they had some poetic devices that they had to pull out of gilgamesh like show me a metaphor show me an example of a simile show me an example of this and then when, and then there was some of them that was like, make your own. So easy ones, like make an alliteration, make a rhyme, make a this. But when it got to Anavra, I gave them an example and asked them to recognize whether it was or not. And my example was very specifically, I think it was like, pray for me in the morning, pray for me in the evening, pray for me at night, pray for me tomorrow, and mother, please pray for me again. And then it was a true-false, is this an anaphora? So, like, I have to start there. Yeah, well, I mean, but, I mean, if you're trying to just get the concept, I suppose, but... I mean, that's part of what's interesting about lists, right? As you do, it seems like a simple thing. We make lists all the time, but there actually are different kind of lists. And I mean, if you want to get into that sort of categorizing mindset, catalogs mm-hmm. are maybe different than other kind of lists and not necessarily... No, that's what I like about this, too. I think a list poem is a different thing than a litany, and it's a different thing than an aphorism. I don't think it is a different thing. I think those are all lists. Those are all lists, right? I don't think you can say that none of those things are lists. And And I also think that any kind of list, whether it's strictly repeating words or not, does have an element of an aphora to it, and all of them do have an element of cataloging to them, too. Right, like, and there's there's an overlapping of those things. In fact, that's kind of interesting, right? And maybe it's because of 
the fact that list making automatically has like a kind of categorization aspect to it, but it starts to, if you start really looking at it, it breaks apart some of the problems with the categories that you try to make that they're not really that cleanly defined as you want to make them try to be, right? Yeah, and then they also become metaphors too, right? So I don't know. I mean, and there's so many different kinds of lists, and you start trying to come up with list poems, and there's a lot of them, uh, and some of them seem very superficially similar, but they're they're all doing very different things. I don't think there's any on here where I couldn't, where I could just say, oh, they're doing the same thing, really. They're all kind of doing their own sorts of lists. But yeah, I mean, I do think looking through like these poems that I put together very don't have some sort of an afro. But yeah, I think the John Ashbery one doesn't. I don't think the uh, I picked a, another list out of Bernadette's Midwinter Day. I don't think that one really has any an afro to it, does it? No, it's a list of things. I mean, not in the in the strict sense of an afro in any sense. So when I write of love, I write of blinding referendums, bankruptcy intent, industrials, utilities and sales, the petitions of a citizens group, transportation, births, corrections, the downtown mall, the toy fund, the predictions of the meteorologist, hearing-made discounts, oil price increases, ice fishing, diplomatic ties with China, an exploiting oil depot in Rhodesia, a controversial nuclear physicist, South Africa's resources of chrome and Russia's stores of platinum and tin, intercontinental ballistic missiles, Mexican oil, student assemblies, mobile homes uprooted by strong winds, book sales, Chris Everett's engagement, the uses of trees on the banks of reservoirs, the victory of the Cleveland Cavaliers and how the Cybers beat the flames, a rate of artists, auto technicians, babysitters, bookkeepers, childcare workers, companions, conference managers, cooks, dental assistants, and receptionists, designers, electricians, English teachers, hairdressers, maintenance men and women, medical secretaries, mold makers, night clerks, nurses, oil burner service technicians, program directors, programmer trainees, public health nurses, registered nurses, secretaries, ski salesmen, and saleswomen. Substitute teachers, waitresses, and waiters, I write of bribery and surgery, changes in the sentencing of criminals, a plan to change garbage to industrial steam, the Pope's speech about his first trip, jet hijackings, price raises, a recession, the People's Temple's hit list, the findings of the House Assassinations Committee, a high-level mission to Tapai, Taiwan, new federal oil industry regulations, freed North Korean political prisoners, the Strategic Arms Limitation Treaty, the Tree Warden, the Windstorm, the Ice, a Selectman's Meeting, Disco Dancers, a Recipe for a Pineapple Coffee Wreath, a Consultant to a Toy Manufacturer, Victorian Dollhouses, the Art of Wood Carvers, the Extradition of a Former FBI Spy, a Colombian Novelist Human Rights Group, a Singing Fairy, Red and Silver Foxes, Drugs to Lower the Level of Cholesterol, Discrepancies in the reports of a mid-air crash. Marriages, inquiries, public notices, the financial default of the city of Cleveland, inflation, the OTB simulcast bid, the defeat of the Knicks by the Hawks, 
Army allegedly breaking recruiting rules and Nets lost to the Rockets? King's arrest for drunk driving and cocaine. Rick Barry's outburst of anger at the fans. Minimum wages, apartheid, the United Nations, inflation, widespread default on bank loans, the fight at the meeting of the Women's Bank, the gasoline tax plan, dictaphone stockings, the merger of Continental Phone with Executone, Napoleons, Eclairs, Tarts, and Torts. Reborn Christians, Women in the Jaycees, the Council on Aging, Protesting Teachers, a Nuclear Power Plant, High School Violence, the Inventor of Earmuffs, Free Ski Lessons, Speeding, Drunk Driving, and Accidental Deaths, Carolers, a Graphics Firm, Window Paintings, Air Pollution Emission, Foreclosures, a Report of Missing Gold, Gangs, Crashes, Frauds, Bombed Buildings, The Crisis in Iran, Information from the surface of Venus, a bus hit by a train, remade movies, a papal message censored in Poland, the murder of a Basque militant leader, colleges, operas, stages, the soft shoe, romantic films, the writers of Superman, Clint Eastwood with a monkey, bad plots, old jazz musicians, Russian body mine, two Soviet films, expensive restaurants, RKO, MGM, Progressive Rock Experimentation, Japanese Architecture, Chamber Music, Auctions, Andy Warhol, and Red Rooms. A Lost Anarchist Novelist. Contract Bridge. Biographies. The Bible. Documentaries. Cosmology. And the Balinese Dance. Bernadette. I write this love as all transition, as if I'm in instinctual flight. A small ladybug with only two black dots on its back. Climbs like a blind turtle on my pen and begins to drink ink in the light of tradition. We're allowed to crowd love in like a significant myth. Resting still on paper, I remember being bitten by a spider. It was like feeling what they call... The life of the mind, stinging my thigh like Dante, this guilty beetle, is a frightening thing when it shows its wings and leaps like the story of a woman who, once in this house, said the world was like a madhouse. Cold winds blowing, and life looks like some malignant disease. Viewed from the heights of reason, which I don't even believe in, I know the place taken by tradition is like superstition, and even what they call the literary leaves less for love. I know the world is straight ice. I know backwards the grief of life like chance. If I can say that, I can say easily I know you, like the progression, from memory to what they call freedom or reason, though it's not reason at all. It's an ideal, like anarchism, though it's not an ideal. This kind of time that has flown away from causes or gotten loose from them, Pride loose or use them up, gotten away, no one knows why, nothing happens, there is no reason, there's no dream, it's not inherited, like peace, but it's not peace, there's no beginning, like religion, but it's not God. Well, I tried to cut it somewhere, because... The end. That whole thing is one book. <laughs> but she has a lot of lists in there, but, but I think that's kind of interesting, like... What Bernadette does with that in, in Winter's Day because there's so many things going on in that poem, but she breaks into these lists from time to time. But I think it kind of 
that's the point is whether you're doing it for an af- for, through an afra or something else, you're creating parallelism between things, right? It doesn't really matter how you're doing it. Like that's what a list is, right? And there's a lot of strategies you can use to do that, and maybe anaphora is one of them. But any list that you have, you're just trying to create parallelism enough that the reader follows along, and then you're also breaking out of that parallelism from time to time in, in order to make it not so monotonous, right? Even if you think of, like, a true litany, there are still always moments where they break out of the parallelism that they've built up, because that's part of what makes it interesting, right? Yeah. I'm still getting hung up on, and now I'm just getting too deep into the idea of an aphorism, and now I'm like, but... Isn't that just a metaphor? Well, but but I mean, like, all right, so, like, I put part of Song of Myself in here. Like, so much of Song of Myself is a list or a litany. Like, I think anyone would call this a litany, but there's no anaphora going on. Mm-hmm. Like, so this is a particularly, I think, litany part of Song of Myself where he's just giving all these different people, which he does often, right? The pure contralto sings in the organ loft. The carpenter dresses his plank. The tongues of his four-plane whistles in the wild descending lisp. The married and unmarried children ride home to their Thanksgiving dinner. The pilot seizes the kingpin. He heaves down with a strong arm. The mate stands braced in the whaleboat. Lance and harpoon are ready. The duck shooter walks by silent and cautious stretches. The deacons are ordained with crossed hands at the altar. The spinning girl retreats and advances to the hum of the big wheel. The farmer stops by the bars as he walks on a first-day loaf and looks at the oats and rye. The lunatic is carried at last to the asylum, a confirmed case. He will never sleep anymore as he did in the cot in his mother's bedroom. The journey printer with gray head and gaunt jaws works at his case. He turns his quid of tobacco while his eyes blur with the manuscript. The malformed limbs are tied to the surgeon's table. What is removed drops horribly in a pall. The quadroon girl is sold at the auction stand. The drunkard nods by the barroom stove. The machinist rolls up his sleeves. The policeman travels his heat. The gatekeeper marks who pass. The young fellow drives the express wagon. I love him, though I do not know him. The half-breed straps on his light boots to compete in the race. The western turkey shooting draws old and young. Some lean on their rifles, some sit on logs. Out from the crowd steps the marksman, takes his position, levels his piece. The groups of newly-come immigrants cover the wharf or levee as the woolly pates hoe in the sugar field. The overseer views them from his saddle. The bugle calls in the ballroom. The gentlemen run for their partners. The dancers bow to each other. I could go on for a long time. This is a very long thing. That's certainly a litany, but there's no technical anaphora in that in any sort of way. Unless oh, you... so I would disagree. Almost every line the? starts with the now. Okay, but that's not anaphora. You can't count an article as anaphora. Like, that's mm-hmm. not... 
That's not true in Afro. In fact, I think if you really look at a real definition of an Afro, <laughs> I mean, articles certainly don't. Articles certainly don't count. I don't think that's... I mean, you could look at... You could look at most novels and every sentence would start with the. I seriously hope not. Well, I mean, maybe not good novels, but a lot of novels you could pick up. Or, or, and certainly, like, in the newspaper, you could pick something up and everything would start with the. I don't think the is a... It's If it's anaphora at all, it's a very weak anaphora. Why would and the be less of anaphora than, say, who? Because of... Because of... Because of the grammatical function of it. And, and I don't think... Well, I mean, I don't know. It, I, I don't say it necessarily would, but if you're counting articles as anaphora, then syntax counts as anaphora. Because then you're talking about syntax and not meaning. Like, where, what is the repetition coming from? Is it coming from the meaning of the words, or is it coming from syntax? And if it's coming from syntax, it doesn't matter if it's the exact same word or if it's just filling in the same function. So then that is an aphora. Okay, but if that's an aphora, then all of those things are an aphora. You don't have to have repetition of the same words to have an aphora, because then the anaphora is coming from the syntax, not from the meaning. Well, babe, you're the one who gave me the de- definition of Well, anaphora. I just copy-pasted a definition of an aphora, but I'm going to tell you right now, even in classical studies, which is pretty nitpicky on that stuff, you can call things examples of anaphora that are not actual repetition of words. Like because, what? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, syn- syntactical anaphora is a thing, right? Like, you don't... I mean, I know it says repetition of words, but what does that mean? What if it's the repetition of... Like, Idea. that's... What if it's the same word but in different forms? Is that not anaphora? Or, like, what if it's the same verb, but it's a different form of that verb every single time it appears? That's certainly an aphra, right? It's all about repetition, anyway. And it doesn't really matter whether it's the same words or not. I think you're getting too hung up on whether it's the exact same words or not. Oh, I don't think I'm hung up on it. I'm just interested in it. What, what the difference is, so, like... Like today, when I was in the classroom and I was thinking about doing this, of course I thought about Ginsburg and I pulled out my copy of Howell that was in the classroom, which I feel like this entire book then would be list poems. Well, I mean, there's a lot of lists within it. I don't know that every single part of it is, but there's a lot of lists for sure. Yeah, save a part from Howell. Uh, I was looking at Sunflower Sutra just because it's my favorite poem ever. So it's all these tiny paragraphs, and each paragraph is a list, though. So does that make it a list poem? Well, read part of it. Alright, so he's walking down the banks, and he sits with Jack Kerouac, and he sees the sunflower, okay? And the gray sunflower poised against the sunset creaky, bleak, and dusty, with the smut and smog and smoke of olden locomotives in its eyes. Cholera of bleary spikes pushed down and broken like a battered crown, seeds fallen out of its face, soon-to-be-toothless mouth of sunny air, sun rays obliterated on its hairy head like a dried wire spider web. Leaves stuck out like arms out of the stem, 
Gestures from the sawdust root broke pieces of plaster fallen under the black twigs, a dead fly in its ear. Unholy battered old thing you were, my sunflower, oh my soul, I loved you then. So there's, if we want to call them stanzas, four full stanzas listing attributes of the sunflower. Yeah, but I don't, see, I don't really consider that a list because it's not syntactically parallel consistently enough to me for for that to be a list, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess they're all attributes of the sunflower, but but it's not, he's like, he's changing the syntax so much in that particular section, right? Like, there's, it's not similar enough for that to be a list to me. Okay, so compared to the footnote to Howl, Holy, 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 holy. The world is holy. The soul is holy. The skin is holy. The nose is holy. The tongue and cock and hand and asshole holy. Everything is holy. Everybody's holy. Everywhere is holy. Every day is an eternity. Every man's an angel. The bums as holy as the seraphim. The madman is holy as you, my soul, are holy. The typewriter is holy. The poem is holy. The voice is holy. Holy, holy. The hearers, hearers are holy. The ecstasy is holy. Holy Peter, holy Alan, holy Solomon, holy Lucian, holy Kerouac, holy Hunky, holy Burroughs, holy Cassidy, holy the unknown buggered and suffering beggars, holy the hideous human angels, holy my mother in the insane asylum, holy the cocks of the grandfathers of Kansas. Holy the groaning saxophone. Holy the bop apocalypse. The bop apocalypse. Holy the jazz bands, marijuana, hipsters, peace and junk and drums. Holy the solitudes of skyscrapers and pavements. Holy the cafeterias filled with the millions. Holy the mysterious rivers of tears under the streets. Holy the lone juggernaut. Holy the vast lamb of the middle class. Holy the crazy shepherds of rebellion. Who digs Los Angeles is Los Angeles. Holy New York, holy San Francisco, holy Peoria and Seattle. Holy Paris, holy Tangiers, holy Moscow, holy Istanbul. Holy time and eternity, holy eternity and time. Holy the clocks in space, holy the fourth dimension, holy the fifth international, holy the angel and Moloch. Holy, the sea holy, the desert holy, the railroad holy, the locomotive holy, the visions holy, the hallucinations holy, the miracles holy, the eyeball holy, the abyss. Holy, forgiveness, mercy, charity, faith, holy, our bodies, suffering, magnanimity, holy, the supernatural, extra brilliant, intelligent kindness, kindness of the soul. Yeah, but, so, I think, really, when it comes down to it, right, like, that is a list, but the reason it's a list... It's a list of holy things. Well, yeah, but it's because of, I mean, it's the repetition that makes something a list, right? Whether that repetition is the actual word or whether it's something syntactical, right? And, in fact, I think syntax is probably more important 
But you could do it either way, right? So that's the but, difference with Sunflower Sutra, is that there are small lists in between that are descriptive lists, but it's not that the entire poem is based on listing the same thing again and again, whether it's anaphorism. But, yeah, or, but you could have a descriptive list that's a true list if it was syntactically similar, right? Um, because there would be enough repetition. But... Yeah, like the section you read, at least, from that part of the Sunflower Sutra. I don't know, I think I remember looking at that when I was trying to look at list poems, and I didn't feel like it was truly a list, because there was too much syntactical variation, right? Where at the same time, you could have something where there's no word repetition, essentially, but it's still... Albert, get down from there, you're going to make noise. The cat is onto it. Um, but it would still, but it's still, like, okay. So, this Ted Berrigan poem has essentially no repeated words in it, but syntactically, it creates rep- it creates a list, it creates a repetition. People who died, right? Mm-hmm. And all it is is a list of people who died, their relation to him, how they died, and then the year that they died in, Right? So there's no real word repetition, but syntactically and concept-wise, there's enough repetition that it's a list, right? There's no question that that's a list. What? What? You're making a face. I know. I'm going to get the cat out of here, and then I want you to read this poem so I can ask you if it's even a fucking poem. Read it. Okay. People who died. Pat Dugan, my grandfather, throat cancer, 1947. Ed Berrigan, my dad, heart attack, 1958. Dickie Budlong, my best friend, Brucey's big brother, when we were five to eight, killed in Korea, 1953. Red O'Sullivan, hockey star and cross country runner who sat at my lunch table in high school. Car Crash, 1954. Jimmy Wah Tiernan, my friend in high school, football and hockey, all state. Car Crash, 1959. Cisco Houston, died of cancer, 1961. Freddie Herco, dancer, jumped out of a Greenwich Village window in 1963. Ann Kepler, my girl, Killed by smoke poisoning while playing the flute at the Yonkers Children's Hospital during a fire set by a 16-year-old arsonist. 1965. Frank. Frank O'Hara. Hit by a car on Fire Island. 1966. Woody Guthrie. Dead of Huntington's Korea. In 1968. Neil. Neil Cassidy. Died of exposure, sleeping all night in the rain by the railroad tracks of Mexico, 1969. Randy Winston, just a girl, totaled her car on the Detroit Ann Arbor Freeway, returning from the dentist, September 1969. Jack, Jack Kerouac, died of drink and angry sickness in 1969. My friends whose deaths have slowed my heart stay with me now. So list. Okay, but is it a poem? Oh, it's certainly a poem. 
I mean, you could argue whether it's a good poem or not. I mean... Alright, well, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a better poem than 99% of the things people read at poetry readings, and I'm going to... I would rather listen to that or read that than most of the things people pass off as poetry. So I don't think you can really say that's not poetry. You can say it could be better. I could certainly suggest things that would make it a better poem. It's still more interesting than a lot of things people try to say are poetry. Hey, husband grumpy pants. Well, I can say true. that I don't like the poem. Well, that's not what you said. You, you asked if it was poetry, and that's like going into an art museum and looking at stuff and saying, that's not art. Which I do do that all the time, too. <laughs> I remember for the first time I went into a modern art exhibit, you know, probably 10 years old, and saying, well, I don't understand what a black dot on a red canvas means for anybody. Well, but that's, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say that's my favorite poem in the world, and I certainly, if so... I also don't understand how you can even handle the last line. Well, the last line's pretty rough. And well, what I was trying to figure out was, but it doesn't tell me that because I think I have the like reprint date at the bottom here. What year he published this? Because then Jim Carroll had that people who died, which was certainly later. Did was he just copying Ted Berrigan? I guess although he did a better job. You know Jim Carroll, who's also a poet, but he was like he had the who wrote the Basketball Diaries. Yeah, but I don't know when he published a particular Yeah, but you know the song I'm talking about, right? But the song is the same thing. It's like... Oh, yeah. He just goes through all the people he knew that died and how they died. I don't think he gives the years, but otherwise it's the same exact thing. He just gives their names and says how they died. Well, I will say this also sounds better reading out loud. It looks horrendous on a page. There's... Three to eight ellipses between each set of words. Between well, they're the not, name, yeah. the epithet. They're not ellipses, the though, because. But, well, well, I don't know. Yeah, but, what I mean, are. it's a weird punctuation, but they're not ellipses because ellipses have to be three, three. dots. I know. These are, yeah. Well, but some of them are. Mm-hmm. No, they're all four or more. They're all more than. But, but they're not also consistent. No, they're not. So, I don't know. What that's supposed to mean, if you're supposed to have bigger pauses for something other or something, I don't know. But, uh, I don't know, but I think it's also kind of an interesting idea. Like, that is a poem, though, in some way. I still think, even if you're... And, and that's something you can do with a list that you can't do with other things. Sure. But that can be meaningful, right? Like, I think a list of... Sure, I'm not... Denying its efficacy as a poem. I'm just saying for well, me... Well, you asked whether it was a poem or not, so you kind of are. Okay. Well, I did that sort of to start a conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Well, That's you, my job. You can start that conversation with us. No, but I mean, I'm saying, like, like that does kind of, like, saying that it's not a poem is, like... Well, reading it on paper does not feel like a poem. When you read it out loud, it has a different effect. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know, but I but I think that comes down to, and, like, that's one of these things, right? And that's part of what I like about list poems is you can make interesting and fruitful combinations of things without having to do anything very complicated. 
So this is what I have my students do today, and I don't know if they liked it or not. <laughs> so the, some of them were finishing something up from last time, and some of them were not. So the ones who were not, I gave them. I brought a book of dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and I bought brought a book of Chagall's paintings. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, while they're finishing the other stuff, I gave them a bunch of different little pieces of paper, and I said, we need 20 pieces of paper. Each one has a different dinosaur name on it, and 20 pieces of paper for the other group that each has a title of one of Chagall's paintings on it. Mm-hmm. And then I made them just each pick one, pick two of each, and they had to write a name they had to write a line of poetry that had a dinosaur name and a title of Chagall's paintings in them. And just, we put that in, put it into a shared document. And, uh, I was like, okay, this is a list poem. Um, and <laughs> yeah, is it a great poem? Well, I mean, some of it worked better than others and some of it was just silly. But was it better than a lot of poems where people are trying to write a poem. Sure, it still was, right? Because you still had... And and maybe that's one of the things that I like about list poems is like, that's a false idea, whether you're talking about art or whether you're talking about poetry, to think that, oh, well, things that are more intentional or things that are more... to to but, Because that's really the unstated premise of that kind of thing. When you look at something like that and say, well, is that a poem... The unstated premise is that there needs to be more intentionality for it to be a poem, or mm-hmm. to look at a piece of art and say mm-hmm. there needs to be more intentionality mm-hmm. for it to be art. Where the reality is there's plenty of things that are very intentional that are utter shit. The way and, we think <laughs> that also could go the opposite way there. Of course. Yeah. But it's still, it's still, yeah, of course it can. But the point is, like, something like that, and list poems are one of those things, it, it kind of shatters that... So we get grumpy with the incredibly literal in the same way that we get grumpy with the incredibly abstract. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't, like... And a list poem does border on that thing of being so incredibly literal. Like, that's what's hard about a list poem, right? To make it something that somebody grasps onto in sort of a general audience way. Because it could just be... Something that people are like, I don't understand why this person is just listing these things. In the same way that going to church, you get annoyed. In the same way that my students get annoyed reading Gilgamesh, and we're literally repeating the same thing over and over again just to get to the same point, but because it's coming out of an oral storytelling, and so that's the way it was told, and they're like, well, why do they have to say that 17 times over and over again? Well, it also, we know yeah, there yeah. were two stormy hearts in the night. We know they traveled seven leagues that were not actually seven leagues for ordinary men, or, you know, those sorts of things. No, I mean, there's definitely that. But, I mean, but that's the thing. There's li- lists who work in a lot of different ways, but that is part of it, for sure. And then that's why you get things that are like, but then you can also be playing on that idea, or you can be... I mean, I don't think you can talk about... I think maybe we've talked about Christopher Smart on this podcast mm-hmm. before. But you can't talk about list phones without talking about Christopher Smart. And he's actively working out of that religious litany idea. Although it's like kind of not clear... 
if he was trying to subvert it or if he just did accidentally or what he was what is going on with him. Because well, I mean we don't know, right? We don't have, probably have enough historical information, but at least as the story goes, right? He was a preacher. Mm-hmm. And he got arrested for being out on the street acting too preacherly, I guess, really, as it as the story goes. So he's put in this insane asylum for a very long time, and he writes his greatest poetry while he's in there, and it's this big, long litany. Mm-hmm. But some of it would, I think, fit in, well, to some extent, very well in any religious sort of work, but then other parts seem almost like a parody of it, and but in a beautiful way, right? I think, but... Psychologically, litany and natural list poems go along with all of our common psychological deficiencies. Well, I don't know if I would say that they're deficiencies. I mean, I think okay. it, there, there is some, like, it's, yeah, I mean, I think... Deficiencies on some space, and they obviously have positive consequences on others, too. I mean... So, yeah, don't, Socially don't, speaking, don't, deficient. Don't call them deficiency. I'm not going to call myself deficient, <laughs> but my anxiety certainly lends me to lists. Well, yeah. I mean, and, well, I think... And there's so many other psychological spaces that lead to repetitive motions, right? When you think about, like, oh, what's the repeated... Um, What's the repeated phrase that keeps you from going to this space or that holds you back from going from that space or makes you feel bad about yourself? Like, those are all sort of liturgical types of things, right? They're prayers, not in the positive sense of praying for something good, but in the sense that we do it over and over and over again. It's a very human instinct. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, but lists don't, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be repetitive, but I suppose they can be. I mean, well, they they do have to be repetitive, but not repetitive in that same sense of like anxiety tends to be repetitive in being, anxiety and aphora and being exactly the same, right? Well, and Where, prayer and anxiety are like the same. Well, <laughs> like I think of someone like Christopher Smart, and I mean, it's a it, I mean, Jubilate Año is like. I don't know. It's like this amazing poem. I don't think anyone can read it and not find it interesting. But it's also like a little bit like, what are you talking about at the same time? But it also doesn't matter because of the parallelism. Well, and maybe that's part of the list, right? A list gets to a point where the point of the list is not the thing anymore. It's the listing that's the thing. Yes, except, well, I mean, but that's part of the thing, right? Like, there is this pattern making that happens, mm-hmm. right? Anyway, like, we already want to make things into patterns. And then when you make a list, like, you could probably list anything and not know what they are, and you would try to find why that they go together, right? The little girls today in the car coming home uh, were listing words that began with a certain letter. So Sid was saying to Emma, who's, you know, younger than Emma, name everything that starts with S. And they're just naming S words. And then she switched it. Okay, H. 
then they're just naming eight letters, yeah. and then T, and then R. And when they hit a word that was like their name or something that they knew intimately, they were like, "Yay!" Like it was. I mean, that's yeah. that's yeah. very much. They were making list poems literally as we were driving home from school in battery traffic for an hour and a half. Yeah, because that's part of like there is this like. Pattern building that because is it gets so. lazy and then it gets exciting and then it gets right and any person well, yeah, there's can that. but you could also do the opposite right like you could just give anyone you could just take a bunch of words at random and give them to someone and say this is a list of things how do these go together and you'd be able to figure out a way that they connected. But it right. doesn't even matter how they go together because if you're reading them out loud, what you're going to do in your head is you're naturally going to connect to some things other than others. So if you're reading them out loud, there's going to be a quickening of speech when you're just trying to get through things, a slowing down of speech and an emphasis of it when you're like, oh, and this, 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 and oh, this, 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 this. And that's, and that's why list poems do end up working because they create meter within themselves for the reader. Well, yeah, I think the sound part for a lot of list poems, not all list poems, is part of it too. But I also think you are, part of why they work is no matter what, you're making a connection between those things, right? Whether you even realize it or not, like that's just what your brain automatically does. You're trying to figure out how do these things fit together. Yeah. But I think what I like about list poems i mean i they're just enjoyable to read anyway regardless but but i also think it's something that people forget about when they're writing sometimes right it's just a very like profitable thing and it's easy to do right like it's not like you have to and if i mean you could even use that as just a way of generating something and you could erase the fact that it's repetitious later if you wanted to but it's just like you if you get yourself onto a list, you can just keep going with something for a long time. We actually did this. Do you remember when the kids were doing their children's poetry reading? Uh-huh. Um, and I had them sit down and just sort of start writing things that they... I don't remember what we chose, but some sort of adjective about. And uh, and then they cut them up, and then they turned them into poems based on a model. Yeah. Yeah, now I want to redo my whole poetry this semester, but okay. <laughs> All right, so you want to read some of this Ferlinghetti? No, I do like this Ferlinghetti poem. It's it's nice. I also think it's, it's very actually, relevant because yeah, no, it kind of is. It is. It is kind of <laughs> currently relevant. All right, I am waiting. I am waiting for my case to come up, and I am waiting for a rebirth of wonder. And I am waiting for someone to really discover America and wail. And I am waiting for the discovery of a new symbolic Western frontier. And I am waiting for the American Eagle to really spread its wings and straighten up and fly right. And I'm waiting for the age of anxiety to drop dead. And I am waiting for the war to be fought, which will make the world safe for anarchy. And I am waiting for the final withering away of all governments. And I am perpetually awaiting a rebirth of wonder. I am waiting for the second coming. And I am waiting for a religious revival to sweep through the state of Arizona. 
and I am waiting for the grapes of wrath to be stored, and I am waiting for them to prove that God is really American, and I am seriously waiting for Billy Graham and Elvis Presley to exchange roles seriously. And I am waiting to see God on television, piped onto church altars, if only they can find the right channel to tune in on. And I am waiting for the Last Supper to be served again, with a strange new appetizer. And I am perpetually awaiting a rebirth of wonder. I am waiting for my number to be called, and I am waiting for the living dead, and I am waiting for Dad to come home, his pockets full of irritated silver dollars, and I am waiting for the atomic test to end, and I am waiting happily for things to get much worse before they improve, and I am waiting for the Salvation Army to take over, and I am waiting for the human crowd to wander off a cliff somewhere, clutching its atomic umbrella, and I am waiting for Ike to act. And I am waiting for the meek to be blessed and inherit the earth without taxes. And I am waiting for forests and animals to reclaim the earth as theirs. And I am waiting for a way to be devised to destroy all nationalisms without killing nobody. And I am waiting for limits and planets to fall like rain. And I am waiting for lovers and weepers to lie down together again in a new rebirth of wonder. I am waiting for the great divide to be crossed, and I am anxiously waiting for the secret of eternal life to be discovered by an obscure general practitioner and save me forever from certain death. And I am waiting for life to begin, and I am waiting for the storms of life to be over, and I am waiting to set sail for happiness, and I am waiting for a reconstructed Mayflower to reach America with its picture story and TV rights sold in advance to the natives, and I am waiting for the lost music to sound again in the lost continent and a new rebirth of wonder. I am waiting for the day that maketh all things clear, and I am waiting for Old Man River to just stop rolling along past the country club, and I am waiting for the deepest south to just stop reconstructing itself in its own image, and I am waiting for a sweet desegregated chariot to swing low and carry me back to Old Virginia, and I am waiting for Old Virginia to discover just why darkies are born. And I am waiting for God to look out from Lookout Mountain and see the ode to the Confederate dead as a real farce. And I am awaiting retribution for what America did to Tom Sawyer, and I am perpetually awaiting a rebirth of wonder. I am awaiting for Tom Swift to grow up, and I am waiting for the American boy to take off beauty's clothes and get on top of her, and I'm waiting for Alice in Wonderland to retransmit me her total dream of innocence, and I'm waiting for Child Roland to come to the final darkest tower, and I'm waiting for Aphrodite to grow live arms at a final disarmament conference and a new rebirth of wonder. I am waiting to get some intimations of immortality by recollecting my early childhood, and I'm waiting for the green mornings to come again. Use dumb green fields come back again, and I am waiting for some strains of unpremeditated art to shake my typewriter, and I'm waiting to write the great indelible poem, and I'm waiting for the last long careless rapture, and I'm perpetually waiting for the fleeing lovers on the Grecian urn to catch each other up at last, and embrace, and I'm waiting perpetually and forever a renaissance of wonder. Yeah, well, that's a good poem.
<laughs> Go vote. It's really depressing, though. <laughs> it's really depressing. I mean, you read it much... I would have read that much angrier, I think, if I were reading it, but... But it's probably good. You probably read it not... Probably read it more, uh... Hopefully? Yeah. And no. Not hopefully. But uh, it's a bit of a... De- I mean, it's really good, but it's a bit depressing, right? The, well, and that stuff. was written when, bit. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think things have changed much. Nope, not at all, have they? Not at all. We're still waiting for... Well, let's see. Here's, uh... Here's coming out end of the mind. It was... It doesn't say it on here. I'm going to guess it's 60-something. Oh, yeah. 1958, even earlier than I thought. Yeah, that's so. fucking gross. I mean, it's literally, you could, it's the same thing. We're still waiting for all the same things. Well, yeah, I mean, and that was already... People might not recognize the illusions now. But... Well, some of them maybe not, but I think that was... But even at the time he wrote the poem, that's why it worked. The Already the point was... Oh, we've been waiting for this a long time. It yeah. hasn't happened. Yeah. And here we are, 50, 60, 60 years, years later, later, and uh, we're yeah. still waiting for all of those things. All of those things. <laughs> oh, well, there's some beautiful points in there. Was... What when did you get to oh, the man. south there? That was so nice, huh? For the deepest south to stop reconstructing itself. Its own in its own image, a desegregated chariot to swing low. Old Man River to stop rolling along past the country club. That's fancy. I mean, it's a good poem. It's just it's. Well, I was thinking too. Like, what is uh? What about this one? And I'm waiting for the American boy to take off Beauty's clothes and get on top of her. Well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> but, I mean, that's part of the thing, which which is which is funny, because I guess that is coming back now to some extent, right? It's a very, like, anti-capitalistic poem. And that's part of what that's about, I think. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know... No, beauty's but, capitalized, right? In the poem. Well, no. I mean, I think his the point of that... Line is that beauty's not really I think, no, recognized, yeah. right? It's like that's well, like I yeah. Agree. But I was thinking too, like <laughs> the part about the Last Supper within. I was like, what's the? Although I know the answer, but what's the uh, unexpected with the new unexpected? What is it? And with the, I'm waiting for the Last Supper to be oh. served with a new unexpected uh, dish or new unexpected appetizer or something. Yeah. Like that. With a strange new appetizer. With a strange new appetizer, right? Well, that's like that's like drug culture stuff, right? Too, which is like, which is funny, right? Now that's like kind of coming back around in a different way, I suppose. Like, it's becoming mainstream again. Now we're getting off the subject of list poems, I suppose. But I mean, I I couldn't. I was thinking that the other day, and I was kind of thinking about it. I think maybe I was. Oh, I was listening to Dan Carlin or something, too, so I was thinking about history. But, uh, the 60s was kind of, I think, the last chance to turn things around for America, right? And that's part of what's interesting about that literature from that time period. Like, that was, there was still some kind of feeling, like, maybe this can, 
Maybe this can make some difference and turn some things around in some way. Wow, that's a way bigger, deeper conversation. (laughs) But I will say this, though. As far as list poems go and the introduction of list poems, litany, and anaphora, I feel like waiting has gotten it really well. No, it's a good list poem. And, well, you know, we didn't even... I know, we barely even touched Barely touched the stuff I found. Uh, no, and this Navajo night chant is awesome. And then Waldman stuff, too. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe we should say, like, we talked a little bit about some of the historical... Aspects. Aspects of it. Like, we talked about that there's a religious aspect, and we talked about a little bit briefly about there's the epic aspect of that, and one of the things I have in here is the catalog of ships from the Iliad. That's a whole other weird thing of, like, you get that in epics, too, right? These mm-hmm. sort of, which seem almost like, well, why would you even put that in there now to us, where you just get these kind of lists of names and Well, but because it's part of the epic structure and, is that you're, you're cataloging a culture also. Well, I mean, I think that's certainly a value of it. I think <laughs> there's a lot of argument about what the purpose of those things actually served. And we don't really know for sure, but that's one, one, certainly one supposition. It would be an archaeologist's viewpoint of it. And that's one, that's one, that's one, you know, theory of why you might have that. But yeah, then we didn't even really get into, but then there's the whole ritual sort of aspect of things and, and chants and, which uh, some of the religious stuff is about that. Some of it's not. But but there's that whole aspect of repetition and well, what, you so know, just like a and droning example, too. In the Navajo chant, one part of it starts with "Beautifully white corn to me is restored. Beautiful yellow corn to me is restored. Beautifully blue corn to me is restored. Beautifully corn of all kinds to me is restored." So that gets that prayer aspect and also meeting all the levels of what you want it to be, right? So the list comes into play so that you're asking specifically and praying at the same time. Yeah. Right? Beautifully, my fire to me is restored. Beautifully, my possessions are to me restored. Beautifully, my soft goods to me are restored. Beautifully, my hard goods to me are restored. Beautifully, my horses to me are restored. Beautifully, my sheep to me are restored, and it goes on and on and on. Well, and that's also the like neat thing with certain kinds of lists, and I think of that, and I think of even in more modern traditions of of litanies and in in rituals. Part of what happens is you get this drone thing happening, right? So things sound so alike that you only. You almost get to the point when it goes on long enough, you only hear the parts that are different and you don't even hear the parts that are the same anymore. You just, your brain tunes them out. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the ritual part is kind of interesting too. And we, I mean, there's, there's so many things you could talk about still with lists. Um, and you know, I don't, we didn't even, yeah, we didn't hit a lot of things that are on this list at all. We didn't talk about uh, Albert Goldbar's The Library, which is a great poem. You should read that, everyone. It's a list of books, which is really great. Um, 
Coke has a lot of list poems too. And then, I don't know, I think there's tons of, I feel like even this packet has barely scratched the surface of all the different kinds of lists that there are out there. But, I don't know, I think it's an interesting thing to explore, and it's also just, I think, an interesting thing to try in your own writing. Like, everyone write a list poem. It'd be fun to do. And bring it out Monday night for our open mic. So the first one is this Monday, November 5th, and then there will be another one on December 7th, and then the third one on January 10th, and we will let you know about further dates. All right. Well, thank you for joining me today, Raina. You're welcome. <laughs> well, we'll see you all again next week. <laughs>